Hello, tennis fans. Welcome to another edition of the OTA's On Tennis podcast series. This is presented by Mayfair Clubs. Today, we'll be discussing return-to-play protocols for tennis across Ontario in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. To discuss this, we're pleased to welcome the president and CEO of the Ontario Tennis Association, Jim Boyce. The OTA is the overseeing body of tennis in the province. It has over 250 member clubs and academies representing over 85,000 of the province's keenest players. The OTA also oversees the province's competitive structure, running or sanctioning over 600 tournaments a year in junior, adult, and senior categories. Players like Denis Shapovalov and Bianca Andreescu got their start at the OTA system. Jim is a lifelong tennis player. He began playing at a public facility in Toronto as a youngster and went on to become a five-time national junior champion. His play earned him a tennis scholarship at Mississippi State. After returning to Toronto, Jim pursued a touring pro career with national men, was national men's champion in 1976 and played Davis Cup for Canada. After retiring from the pro circuit, Jim became a head teaching professional at several prominent tennis clubs in Toronto and Ottawa. He's been the president and CEO of the Ontario Tennis Association since 1997. Welcome, Jim, and thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks. It's been great to be here on such a beautiful day. So, Jim, let's start by framing the state of tennis across Ontario in light of the restrictions imposed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. First of all, how things changed at the OTA? Obviously, it's been a challenging time. When the first signs of the serious pandemic arose, the OTA was in the midst of planning for the 2020 season, working on competitive calendar, renewing club memberships, securing sponsorship, and planning for the usual AGM in April. Suddenly, the world changed and the OTA, like the rest of the country, went into lockdown and had to quickly adjust to a survival strategy. Fortunately, we had a risk mitigation plan in place and were able to continue working remotely. When news hit, that the country was going to be affected in a major way, the first concern, and still the overriding concern of the OTA, was the safety of the players, pros, administrators of tennis in the province. Jim, this must have come as, as quite a shock, actually, to the tennis community. For sure. As everybody knows, the early days of the shutdown were very confusing. There was a lot of information and misinformation out there that we all needed to absorb and process. Personally, like so many others, I wanted to ensure that the people close to me and the OTA staff were safe and secure. As things moved on, our attention turned to the needs of our member clubs and our competitive player base. I was having regular virtual meetings with the OTA board and staff to help develop recommendations and strategies for our clubs and players always knowing that the situation was dynamic and could change daily or even hourly. We were all trying to grasp what this all meant and what the future held, and we still are. The first thing we did was reschedule our AGM from April 4th, changing it to a virtual meeting on May 23rd. We also developed a return-to-play document that tennis clubs and facilities could refer to in preparation for when their clubs open. It's important to note that these are just recommendations and guidelines for our clubs. We do not tell our clubs how they should run things. That's up to them. We offer support and guidance and also look to other tennis organizations in Canada and around the world to see what they are doing. In these uncertain times, it's important to learn from others. Nobody has all the answers. And finally, we were forced to cancel and or reschedule 
sanctioned tournaments play, and community outreach events for the foreseeable future. So, Jim, uh, looks like nobody's really been playing tennis anywhere for the past couple of months, uh, including the top pros. But recently, the province added a return to tennis protocol as part of phase one of opening up in the province. Um, What's the OTA's position on return to play for the thousands of rec players who are no doubt chomping in a bit to play a game? Actually, the Premier's announcement about the inclusion of tennis took a lot of people and organizations by surprise. The fact is that although many tennis associations and clubs from around the world, including the OTA, had put forward recommendations for players and facilities, nobody was really sure what would be okay and what not would be okay. Ultimately, any recommendations would have to be approved by the chief medical officer of first the province and then local jurisdiction in which the tennis courts reside. As far as the OTA's position is concerned, as mentioned, we put out a paper on general recommendations to help guide clubs and facilities in their preparation for reopening. With respect to health and safety, we look to general guidelines outlined by all governments, things like physical distancing and hand washing, etc. What the tennis community had to figure out was how long these health and safety principles could be applied specifically to tennis and the environment in which it's played. Jim, um, can you highlight for our listeners some of the specific return-to-play recommendations that are out there? Tennis appears to be near the top of the list with respect to playing safely at a suitable distance from each other, but there still needs to be specific safety measures in effect. A couple of recommendations in our guide include starting with singles play only, having staggered times on court, and for players who have finished play to leave the court immediately after. As well, many organizations, including ours, have suggested a staged return with careful observation at each stage. Also, with the increasing emphasis that governments are encouraging with respect to contract tracing, it might be beneficial for players and clubs to log visits. Um, So, Jim, there's been a lot of news lately about golf clubs opening in Ontario and also tennis courts in other parts of the country have already opened. Um, What do you make of this, and can these examples of return to play help instruct the OTA and its member clubs and players? For sure, in fact, we will observe the entire world when it comes to opening things back up. While we are talking within the context of a sport, anytime things are opening up, whether it's a business, an entertainment venue, or a park, it's important to closely watch how it goes. The last thing anybody wants to do is open too early and start a second wave of infection. With respect to golf, many people draw parallels to the two sports when it comes to the ability to physically distance as well as with respect to who plays them. Golf was one of the first sports to lobby for an early opening and did a lot of work to show evidence that it could be played safely. Like golf, tennis is still considered an elitist sport to some, which we don't think of in this case anymore. Nevertheless, I believe that it is important for the long-term health of tennis that we don't rush back to play and in the process give off the impression of being above the law and not caring about anyone else. What about the other provinces, Jim? I've been in touch with my counterparts in other provinces. We'll continue to compare notes and learn from each other. The early openers will surely act as an example, good or bad, with respect to what is possible. One final comment on this. Regardless of when or how a tennis club reopens, 
Ultimately, it will be up to the individual player to decide whether they feel comfortable enough to show up and play. There is a complete spectrum of attitudes when it comes to the return to play. Everything from eager beaver to the wait-and-see approaches. To be successful, a club or academy will need to be perceived as a safe environment. It's not as simple as build it and they will come. So, Jim, the OTA has over 250 member clubs. Um, talk about how the clubs and academies are reacting to the news that now they can get, to play, get ready to play. Honestly, it's been a dog's breakfast. As we all have found out, there are regional differences with respect to the pace of a return to normal. It's no different with tennis. Although, in general, the province has said that a return to the courts is okay, it also made it clear that each municipality must seek their own specific conditions and regulations. So, for instance, when the provincial announcement was made, the City of Toronto had not issued permits to some community clubs situated on community property. They had been waiting for more clarity from the province. Suddenly, they were faced with an urgent need to create their own set of guidelines and issue permits as soon as possible. This process will take time. Similar situations exist in Vaughan, Ottawa, and other regions as well. Once those permits were issued, it's still up to the individual facilities to determine whether they can enforce the new conditions at their club. As Premier Ford said, do not open if they are not ready. On the other hand, when it comes to the commercial and private member clubs, some of them have opened already. It's important to note that these clubs generally have full-time staff whose sole responsibility is to run their facility. So they have been working on the protocol for reopening since they were first shut down. Our community club members are run mostly by volunteers and operate on a small budget, so it is more difficult for them. So, Jim, has the OTA been in touch with the various levels of government for advice and recommendations on policy or directives from a health perspective? Ultimately, whatever the OTA or any other tennis organization recommends with respect to a safe return to sport, the final decision rests with the health department in the jurisdiction that they are situated. This is not a sport crisis. This is a health crisis. Their policy will trump all others. As I mentioned, an issue that has complicated our quest for a definitive policy has been the confusion that exists between levels of government. For instance, on May 19th, the Premier of Ontario gave permission for tennis courts to open as early as May 23rd. The City of Toronto had previously ordered facilities on parks and rec properties to remain closed until June 30th. Now they have been forced to react suddenly with little direction. There needs to be a consistent message across the board before anything can open safely. And as I just mentioned, the jurisdictional health departments will have the final say. And Jim, finally, uh, what can you say to tennis facilities across the province who are wondering when they can open and to players who are wondering when they can play next? I would say be patient. While it may seem like an eternity since you last played, it is probably no longer than the time you might have taken off previously to rest an injury. Tennis has been called the sport of a lifetime. To enjoy the sport now and in the future, it's important to stay healthy and alive. I'd also like to say to the players, when you do return to the courts, it will likely be in a staged manner. Remember, as much as you might have missed the game, there are people in clubs who have felt the impact harder than you. 
Don't forget to thank and support the many volunteers who have worked behind the scenes to get the club ready for play and who will be tasked with maintaining rules for the new normal. Also consider supporting your club financially, particularly commercial and private clubs. The livelihood of those staff and owners depend on it. Finally, when it is safe to do so, make sure you take an extra lesson or two from your club pro. This work stoppage has been extremely tough on all of them. The tennis community is small. It's important that we support each other for the good of the game. Hey, Jim, our thanks to you again for taking the time to speak with us today. Hopefully, we'll all be out there soon chasing after that fuzzy yellow ball. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. For anyone wanting to learn more about the Ontario Tennis Association and their position regarding COVID-19, please visit www.tennisontario.com. The On Tennis Podcast is presented by Mayfair Clubs. With four locations across Toronto, Mayfair Clubs offer first-class facilities and integrated training programs for fitness, tennis, and squash. Mayfair Clubs celebrates 50 years in the business this year. For more information, please visit MayfairClubs.com.